Welcome to Crowdfunding Uncut. This is the place where incredible project creators show you how they launch their products online using the world's largest crowdfunding engines, such as Indiegogo and Kickstarter. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. This is episode 45 and I am your host, Kirsten. So this week we're going to be diving deeper into a topic known as growth hacking, which in its most basic form is the ability for us to get big results with minimal effort. And my good friend Vincent Dignan, who is on the podcast episode with us today, he is the founder of Magnifique, which is a London-based growth hacking agency. And he didn't just jump into growth hacking. He's actually had two startups before this. He's been involved in Techstars London, where he received a seed round of funding. He's been featured in multiple press outlets, Inc., Huffington Post. And he's also been responsible for millions of page views or traffic hits to a website. Um, not just to his website, but for his clients as well. He's done so well with growth hacking tactics that he grew Magnifique from zero to six figures in the first 12 months alone. So I thought, what better person to bring on than someone who is actively living and hacking the system? And why growth hacking is relevant to crowdfunding is, because the number one question I get asked all the time is, okay, well, I need to launch strong, but how do I build my audience before we launch? And it takes a lot of effort and time to nurture and build an audience. But what if you could do it by leveraging the tools that are out there that you may not know about? This is what this interview is about today. It's about actionable tips and things that you can put into place today to help leverage the tools that are out there to build your audience with minimal effort. And Vincent is in week two of his Kickstarter project right now, uh, where he's actually authored a book with a friend called Secret Sauce. And it's all about giving you the secret sauce for actionable tips and strategies that you can use across any niche to build and grow your audience and business online. And so for this reason, I'm really excited to bring Vincent on. Thanks for being on the show today. All great businesses are built on the backs of spam. Uh, that's one of the golden rules of growth um, written by my friend Austin Allred, <clears throat> who I ended up writing this book with. And it's really very counterintuitive growth hacking. Growth hacking is the reason Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, etc. can grow absolutely massive without traditional marketing. If you think about it, before the land of startups, there was just no marketing you could do at scale, which could blow things up. So growth hacking is an ever-changing series of tactics and techniques anyone can use to get the most out of their marketing and to grow their company. So there can be paid and unpaid. There can be different types, real-world hacks, online hacks. Um, it's basically a mindset of being real innovative and hustling in order to grow your company. And you always have to be hustling until it hurts, both for yourself and for other people. You know, the hustle's a very overused word. Everyone wants to share memes of hustling and watch videos of uh, hustle celebrities. But um, when it comes to actually doing the work, growth hacking is the way you can get massive returns for little effort in places. Uh, and that's very much what my book, Secret Source, The Step-by-Step Guide to Growth Hacking, is about revealing all of the tactics and techniques that no other growth hacker would dare. 
and your work has been featured on some pretty high-end publications. Um, mm -hmm. Can you just go into a few of those? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess we should start with Inc., uh, the massive American business magazine. Um, they, I think the biggest tweet I've ever been featured in is when they tweeted the article to like 1.5 million people. The retweets went on for weeks. Uh, so I guess how did I do that is the first question. Yeah. Well, I tried to follow what the blogs and PR said. Find your journalists. Reach out personally, one-to-one. -one. It doesn't work. You try 20, 30, 40 people, they don't work. So I went back to my, how I always operate, and that's spray and pray, and I ended up getting 11 pieces of press for Secret Source Conference, including Inc., uh, and lots of other places like the London Economic. Um, so really, my advice is always to go wide, obviously keep it relevant, but um, in my particular uh, line of work, I just find anything that requires effort normally means I haven't thought it through that well. Um, there's, it takes so much effort to do things where everyone else is trying to do the same. So it's a lot better to be unique. Uh, Huffington Post, I got a tip off that the editor of Huffington Post would be at a party. So I got into the party, told her what we were doing uh, back at Planet Ivy, and she said that sounded great. Uh, email me and I'll get you a writer's pass and then I did and then that was how Huffington Post started like getting out to people in the real world is also underrated um, everyone wants to send out a few messages and hope journalists come back but where possible it's a really good idea to meet people in real life the connections are much much stronger um, Tech City News I met through personal contacts and through going to events in London, back when I was doing Planet Ivy. Um, and some of the others have came to me thanks to public speaking, which is basically the core of everything that's good in my life and in um, growth hacking in, as a way of getting to people. When you network, it's like, it's really random. It doesn't matter how good the room is. You like have one hour before the event starts and then like 40 minutes after and you have to try and work the whole room. How many people can you realistically talk to in an hour? Not many. I was at St. James's Palace, you know, next to Buckingham Palace. Uh, the royal family was there. Um, I met Princess Beatrice, told her what I was doing. She asked for my business card, did not email me. Um, I mean, that, that was the highlight. Other than that, I was trying to hustle and you just don't have the time. But when you do public speaking, the whole room has to listen to you. Um, so it's really easy to set up. So I always tell people, go on Meetup and Eventbrite, tap in your niche. Uh, do we say niche or niche in Canada? We say niche. Niche is an American thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So you tap in your niche and then you write two paragraphs uh, I give a talk on the 10 problems you're making in our industry and how to fix them. Um, I've got a massive uh, load of people I can invite to your meetup. Just say that. They never check. And then copy and paste that to all of the relevant meetup and event groups. And about 25% normally let you talk. And from there, you just scale up the talks. People see you talk. And then you say during the talk, I'd like to give bigger talks. And your network grows and grows through that. 
Um, and it's the reason I did a 30 date speaking tour of America um, in February and March. And now I'm back. I just did Vancouver and headline one of the stages at Social Media Camp, one of the biggest uh, social media conferences in Canada. Uh, and I've got like another 15 dates across America right now. So it's an amazing way of getting in front of people. And I highly recommend it if you're running a consultancy or agency and you have a small number of people who give you a high amount of money or you're looking for early users for your startup. And what you're getting into through either pitching journalists or speaking engagements is one of my favorite strategies that I didn't really clue into until I went online. And that's leveraging someone else's audience is a great way to advance yours a lot faster than you just pumping out content or trying to host your own event. Mm. It's a lot faster to, to take the, the quick route through speaking engagements and, and stuff. Yeah, through speaking, yes. Uh, and you still have to hustle on things like Twitter, uh, Facebook and LinkedIn if possible to get people to your events. Um, I thought you were going to say down the guest blogging route, um, and things and using other people's audiences. Oh, there's you're, so many other ways that could be applied. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but you're, you're right. Um, but like, as I pulled together this the Kickstarter I'm doing, um, like I could have focused a bit more on my strength areas, but I, I tried to use other people's networks. Um, it's hard to do, and uh, that doesn't mean you can't do it, but. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of growing your own network and then utilizing that where possible. Okay. But yes, influencers are massive and can drive 100x the value of your own network. Um, I just would be wary of putting all my stock in that one thing. So why is growth hacking something that startups or anyone launching a product online need to be aware of and paying attention to? Because it's basically impossible to be successful without it online. Um, there's just too much competition. Um, you know, everyone who has a success story is basically a black swan. For instance, you wouldn't have invested in Richard Branson, you know, didn't finish school and so on. Um, you wouldn't invest in companies that look awful like Airbnb, which was let a complete stranger stay in your house with no criminal record check. You know, that sounds awful. Uh, LinkedIn a social network you're going to use once every five years. Because when it started, people change job once every five years. Useless. Um, so, like, the good things never look like good things. So, with growth hacking, you enable yourself to get the word out at a massive scale. So, what did Airbnb do? So, they one of their major growth strategies was uh, putting lots and lots of ads on Craigslist. So, if you put an apartment on Airbnb, they spammed out a link to Craigslist which sent them early traffic. Um, so this was how they got from no one had heard of them to a lot of this early traction. Um, LinkedIn is very aggressive about getting to your address book. Um, like all of these companies use lots and lots of little hacks that all add up to something really impressive. Uh, Genius is a lyric site. 2% of all Google searches are for lyrics. So their acquisition channel was SEO. They got caught by Google asking bloggers to link to them over other blogs. This is against Google's rules. So they went from page one of Google for basically everything to absolutely nowhere. Um, but by this stage, they had like $20 million in investment. So they presumably just called up the CEO of Google and said, sorry, because two weeks later, they were back on Google. 
Uh, when you're rich, you can delete your past. So how do you get rich? Well, it's through massive revenues or investment money. Uh, and both of these basically require eyeballs, uh, eyeballs which should hopefully convert into something. But to get those eyeballs, you're competing with BuzzFeed. You're competing with babies. You're competing with weddings on Facebook. You're competing with people using paid ads on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everything else. So you have to have really interesting strategies to get to your target audience. Um, generally speaking, the best thing you need to be doing is looking in places where there's a lot of people and not a lot of people advertising. Um, so there's an app that has 50 million daily users, uh, basically free to use, um, and no one uses it as an acquisition channel. It's called Tinder. So my friends have an events app. And they took a photo of the three of them holding a sign that said, once you found your match on Tinder, use our app to find a great place to go out. And then they started swiping girls throughout London. And then lots of girls were like, what's this? And they're like, if you like a, want to find a cool bar, use us. And you can put links in Tinder messages too. So that alone got lots and lots of messages. Uh, they also stood in Old Street Tube every morning uh, for three weeks, handing out flyers saying, uh, we all quit our jobs to start this company. If you like going out in London, please check it out. And everyone going to work, they would give the letters too. And they got thousands of downloads. They met mentors, they met partners, they met investors. So this time they would have otherwise spent drinking coffee in the morning. They ended up getting lots and lots of really, really great users for something that cost no money. So there's lots and lots of channels you can use in order to grow. It's just about finding them and scaling them up. So how do you find the right approach and right growth hack? Because it, it sounds like it's not a one size fits all for companies. So how would you go about finding one that would fit yours and find your target audience? So we, we talk about this in the first chapter of secret source, like before you think about channels, you have to know your audience inside out and really drill down <clears throat> into who they are and where they hang out and then start to look at that and then think what platform online do they hang out, what platform offline do they hang out and then start to get your acquisition strategies around that. So growth hacking is very much a strategy of looking at what other people are doing, kind of ignoring it and or making it better. So you have to find the platforms you're on, that other people are on, and then going from there. As a loose rule of thumb, Instagram and Twitter are great because you can grow pretty big without paying them very much or at all. And there's lots and lots of niches on there. Uh, if it's more serious business, recruitment, something like that, it'd have to be on LinkedIn. But um, if you don't know where your target market hang out, that's going to be a really bad sign if you can't find that out. Um, Anthony Robbins and Tim Ferriss, when they want to do something, they don't do any research. They go and find the five best people in the world or five of the 10 best people in the world at that thing and then ask them, how do I do this? What shouldn't I do? What should I do? Um, so for instance, when I was doing the Kickstarter, I was speaking to someone who had done multiple campaigns and he gave me lots and lots of great advice. And one of them was, say thank you to every single person who donates. He said, so many people he said thank you to said, you are the first person ever. And we backed loads of things who's ever gave us a personal thank you. Um, so like little touches like that are the secret source that will make people want to say, share this on Facebook or make people want to work with you a lot more.
And speaking of your current campaign that's launching tomorrow, what, when people are listening to this, it'll be a couple weeks in. Yeah. What are some strategies that you use to build your audience around Secret Sauce? Cool. Um, this is a good question. So, well, firstly, we, uh, at the time of writing, we don't have a single piece of press and we don't have any networks um, like hyping us tomorrow. We have one, um, the excellent Dreamers Doers in New York, um, who's going to do a mail out for us. They're amazing. Um, but like, so basically none. So I think what's unique about our campaign is it's all community and social media. So, and what's it, great about that is it's all completely in our control. So I find when people talk about this is how we did it, they, they tend to gloss over very much their own competitive advantages, um, which isn't helpful to people who are reading it. So for instance, there was an article on how a company got 10,000 users off Product Hunt on the first day. Um, and, but they left out this little bit where they had one of the top hunters on Product Hunt post their uh, product. So they were very confident that they would hit the front page of Product Hunt. You know, once you have that initial trigger of traffic, it's really easy to get PR and things off the back of it. So having said that, okay, one secret source that I have that other people won't have or may not have is for the last year I've been giving talks. So I've been building my networking community that way. And I always said, which is a really good practice, add me on Facebook, um, more so than follow me on Twitter because people are not on Twitter all day. Everyone is on Facebook all day. So firstly, your community should be your Facebook. Your community should be your LinkedIn. Your community should be your Twitter and your email list. That's four ways of getting at people. So across the board, that adds up. So even if you're not thinking of launching right now, start building your email list and all of these for today. Um, and then over time, it, it, like everyone says it, but it, it's true it's annoying but true you give people value and then you build up a lot of goodwill and then when you want people to help you they are happy to they're happy to share your stuff they're happy to join your pre-launch campaign so i i'm trying to give specific hacks here like i say public speaking is um the best one to do in terms of writing content and getting that scene to grow your initial community facebook groups are fantastic so what you want to do is type in your niche um on facebook and find all of the groups of over above 800 members. Join all of those groups, then click on the admins of those groups and look at their personal pages, and most people have their groups open. Then you want to look at all of those groups that are relevant because you'll get even more groups. You won't see all of the groups on Facebook for your niche, say it's fashion, because there's hundreds of thousands of groups. So by doing this admin method, you should get about 25 to 35 Facebook groups of over 1,000 people in it. And then you can do some test posts into those groups to see which ones are active, which ones generally get engagement, um, likes and comments on most posts. And then you'll have like an Excel file of everywhere you want to post every time you do a piece of content. So this can get that initial traction. Plus you want to build your Twitter network and be sending tweets if you have enough content, one every half hour, easy uh, to start getting traffic to your website that way and build that community. Specific strategies once you're starting your crowdfunding campaign is to have all of your traffic pointing to a certain page. And what this page, this page should not be a, 
give us your email. We'll let you know when we launch. What it is, is people sign up on this page and then they get entered into a queue and they get higher up the queue by sharing with their friends, by liking your Facebook page, following you on Twitter and so on. So it's a really good strategy for getting them to do the work for you. So I'm using Q at Q-U-E-U-E-A-T.com. It's been amazing. Um, and there's also Matra app based in London for smaller companies. Okay. Um, so both of those are fantastic for building that queue. And that's where all of your pre-launch traffic should go and will enable you to grow. So like uh, at time of writing this, we've had 100% uplift uh, from that queue. So we've invited some people in, but we've had over 100% brand new people. They're, not, they're completely outside our network who have joined and are waiting for this to launch. So it's really good to do that. Um, and yeah, so basically you build the hype um, by product launch formula by Jeff Walker, um, an excellent book. Uh, he wrote the book, he invented drip marketing. Um, so buy that, it's like 10 bucks and use that as your guide for getting everyone hyped up. So it's like free emails before you launch. One is the why, the second is the what, the third is the how, and then people are completely juiced up for what you're doing. Um, in terms of building your trailer, that's like probably an area you know better than me, um, but I would find like you can buy music as your background music, that's real hype, like the music I have for my trailer, um, and you can use, I think it's rawshorts.com, to create the animations. Um, so they're really, really cool and look super professional and you can design them yourself. So I would do all of that and I could speak for days. Uh, I think I'm doing a talk on this. It's probably going to be my next talk. So, yeah. So one thing that you mentioned beforehand, and a lot of project creators would struggle with this is you brought up a great point of how we need to provide value before we ask for anything in return. And the problem with crowdfunding campaigns is you can't technically give anyone anything until after the campaign is over. So how did you provide value before the campaign started? So sure. So I mean, going back to my public speaking, um, well, like as the story goes, an accelerator a year ago asked me to give a talk on growth hacking. Um, and they gave me some money, so I spent a few hours creating a deck. Um, and then when I gave this talk, like the whole room stopped and stared at me, like you could hear a pin drop. And then as soon as I finished, everyone came up to me like, can you coach me? Uh, are you available for consulting? How do we use your agency? And I was like, oh, because they, they were like, this talk was incredible. Like we've never had so many actionable stuff. I presumed that... Uh, when someone gave a talk, they told people how to do things um, and, you know, like use this software, use this technique. But um, I was to learn that people don't do that. People talk about themselves, talk about their past case studies, which are completely irrelevant for most people uh, because as ever the black swan thing because of unique circumstances. Um, and they don't want to give away the secret sauce because they want you to hire them, um, which is fair enough, but it's just terrible content for um, public speaking. So it's real easy to be a good public speaker. You just tell people step by step how to do everything you do um, and give till it hurts. If you're thinking, well, I have nothing left if I give everything away, that's fine. 
People are still too lazy to do it, even when you give them the steps. Um, they'll, they'll be impressed with what you know. So with public speaking, give everyone a step-by-step how-to, and that will grow that side of it. Um, and then you'll start to grow your community. In terms of specifically what you give people pre-campaign, with the queuing system I mentioned, uh, you have the top prizes being something that's relevant to them. So I am a growth hacker and people want to hire me. So the top three get free consultancy time with me. The top 30 get a free, get a pass for a free webinar with me. Um, the top 500 or so get uh, entrance to a secret growth hackers club where it's just constant Q&As where I solve growth hacking problems, people solve each other's digital marketing questions. Um, so all of those rewards are in the bag before you start. I love it. So it's like, it's a contest essentially for yeah. different perks. Uh, yeah. Okay. And people love to be gamified. Uh, you know, maybe you are a pop star on YouTube. Um, then, you know, the top prize is a Skype date with like tea and toast with, you know, the YouTube star, um, or it's like a lunch with the CEO and talk about your business strategy if it's a real serious Kickstarter. So like whatever it is, you can come up with rewards. Right. What would you say, just in your experience talking to different companies, is the number one mistake people will make with growth hacking? They don't do it. Don't they, do it. They don't do it. Um, yeah, they, they're too scared. They're, I mean, the, m- most entrepreneurs are very scared of everything. And it's understandable because the number of things that can go wrong and so on. But um, yeah, I, I see so few people that um, I talk about. It's got a little better with time. That, sorry, who, who I talk to actually do my strategies. And I, have, I know those ones because they email me going, like, my Twitter's gone up 500 in the last week. Um, I've been using all of your stuff. It's been saving me lots of time and so on. Um, people don't do it. They, they, they write down the notes and then they don't do them. Um, so it's, it's something that you have to spend time on. Uh, I was at St. James's palace and, uh, I met a CEO of a company funded. Um, and he, he was like, Oh yeah, I loved your talk. All that growth hacker stuff. I mean, I don't get involved with it myself and I said are you the CEO he said yes I said what do you do all day he said what I said well other than trying to make the company grow you know which is the most important thing what do you do all day and he didn't really have an answer you know it's not replying to emails or you know trying to get press as a CEO you're head of growth and growth hacking is a way of increasing growth um, and in some ways, it's still just guerrilla marketing and innovative marketing that people have been doing for decades. Um, but people just don't do it. Um, if you're not building product or growing, then it's a complete waste of time. My friend John did Techstars with me, and now he's doing Y Combinator with a different company. And they're so focused on growth that he went to a partner YC company and said, uh, oh, I'm looking to hire. Can I pay you some money to help you to, to help our company hire? And the company said, no, until demo day, you should be focusing on growth. Like, that is incredible for, as, as a green tick for Y Combinator, that a company that could be making money off these startups said, no, you should be focusing on growth. So, yeah, the main, first mistake is people don't do it or they're scared to do it. Um, to be fair, like, there's a lot of terrible information out there. Um, so people try things like, uh, guest blogging 
and then they get like one little blog and it sends them 50 people and five of them sign up and it's just not good enough. So that's part of it. So growth hacking, it, it's still growing right now. Um, so we're part of trying to take it over ground. And one reason it hasn't grown so quickly is all of the books don't give away the secret sauce. Got it. And so speaking of secret sauce, um, it sounds like growth hacking is a term for any quick growth that you could do yeah. with, with small effort. So what does secret sauce focus on exactly? Like, is it just um, carpet bombing the whole growth hacking industry? Or is it specifically like how to get press or how to get more social media? Um, what does it focus on? All of the above. Um off the top of my head, search engine optimization, search engine marketing, content marketing, sales, including all the little bits of software that help automate sales, like email funnels and finding people's emails and finding out data that will help you sell easier. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook groups, Facebook paid, Pinterest, um, building an email list, uh, the perfect landing page. Yeah, so we've tried to bring in absolutely everything so an e-commerce company um would get value from it uh, a video blogger would get value from it startups would get value from it people who run social media agencies would get value from it so we've gone through every single channel like crazy amount of pages and words even in the drafts that we've been working on so far um so we've we've come up with lots and lots of channels and we touch on other areas like public speaking um, and yeah, so we, we're very much talking about the mindset of growth and how to get into it and super specific strategies um, that people can use to sell literally anything. And how much does the book go for? <laughs> well, um, we, uh, we, we have various packages and they are on the Kickstarter. All right. I see what you did there. Well, I'm going to be buying that when it goes live. Thanks. Uh, yeah, uh, people are going to love it. It's going to be controversial. There's going to be social media marketers and so on who will think we're doxing the whole community. Um, I've had blowback before because if people have this, they don't need to hire social media marketers for thousands of dollars per month. Um, so, yeah, we're ready for that um, insecure people. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, though, if you give someone a guide, they're going to pick out the strategies that will work for them, and then they can hire someone to implement. So Yeah, yeah, I, I'm a big advocate yeah. of that. Um, yeah, and, and that's a good thing of certainly, for something like content marketing, it's a lot harder to do because the content needs to be good. Mm -hmm. and but something like social media, absolutely. Once you've learned how to do it, you can train anyone to do it. It's, it's actually quite straightforward. Um, I just find the most the problem most companies make is they hire someone who knows a lot less than them to run their social media communications PR, um, and it's a waste of time and money. You've got to pay for that seat in the office. Uh, you have to spend time with them. You have to tell them what to do, and as a manager, you never have time to do that. So always trying to hire people better than you is the ideal, of course. Um, but if you're bootstrapping and have no money, you've got to spend time learning this stuff. And then it's real easy to tell others how to do it. Yeah, systemize it and then outsource. Yeah. Big fan of that. Cool. This has been awesome. Um, do you have any other famous last words before we wrap up? 
Um, I, I guess uh, having your ass in the chair is like the most important thing. You know, people love coming to my talks because it's just, here's this shortcut, do this, do this, here's Charlie app, type in anyone's email address and you find all the public information about them on the internet. So you can go and say, hey, I love that sports team, the Toronto Blue Jays. And they'll be like, wow, that's my team. Be like, yeah, me too. You know, like they love little stories like that. But um, yeah, like I, I feel like sometimes I have to give more traditional advice. You've got to put your ass in the chair to find the best hacks. Um, like all the hacks in the book are, are amazing, but like specific to your industry, um, you can find amazing things. Um, I know an app company that flew from America to South America and was just sweeping up app downloads because the competition is so much less. It's still user numbers, still people paying money on the app, but like really thinking outside the box and doing your market research is so critical. Um, most people are too lazy to do market research um, and too scared to ask for feedback in case people tell you your idea sucks. It normally does. Yeah. So, yeah, so like as a general point, um, you know, get your ass in the chair. Uh, secretsourcenow.com, you can click through to the Kickstarter, read that book, um, and then go and be aggressive. Fantastic. Well, this has been awesome having you on. Um, we haven't talked in over a year, so it's been great catching up. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. Great. Thank you. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Um, you can head over to crowdfundinguncut.com to get a list of our previous episodes as well. If you're looking to network with other project creators, get your hands dirty in the crowdfunding space, you can go to our Facebook group. It's crowdfundingdomination.com. Um, just search crowdfunding domination on Facebook and you'll find it or just go to the website and there will link through there. So thanks so much. Love you guys. And we'll see you next week. Are you launching a product on either Kickstarter or Shopify and you're feeling completely overwhelmed with the process? Hi there, my name is Kirsten, the CEO of Launch and Scale. To date, we've helped several online sellers sell millions of dollars online and scale their business from zero to seven figures by focusing on building an audience of fans that will actually convert into paying customers. If you're serious about building a seven-figure e-commerce brand with less time and less risk, you should check out our product launch pad. PLP is a proven accelerator that takes you step-by-step -step through the process of launching and scaling your product brand. Brands like the Monk Manual, Aberlite, Series Chill, Jamstack, and several others were all launched using our product launch pad. So if you'd like to be our next success story, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more. And for a limited time, we're offering a seven-day trial of the product launch pad for only $1. Again, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more.